One of the best things that ever happened was when I was a young rider, and I'm sure my outfit was inappropriate for a jog. But, um, and Joe Young knows this, and I've told her this. I come up, and the one I'm standing there in front of her, and you know, like, good morning. And she says, I cringe at the sight of your bare toes. And I was wearing what I thought were like super cool sandals. Welcome to the Major League Eventing Podcast, the show for eventing fans by eventing fans. And as usual, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Main and Tail, Karen. We love Main and Tail. We love Main and Tail. We absolutely love Main and Tail. You know who else loves Main and Tail, Karen? Caroline Martin. Caroline Martin. Caroline is on with us. I think I'm the number one fan, to be honest, guys. I swear, I've been using the product since I was seven years old. And they're actually a local company uh, where I live in Pennsylvania. So they really have a special place in my heart. And people would not believe the amount of products they make. You know, you always think man and tail, the shampoo and conditioner. Well, they make the Tangler. They make this killer shine-on spray that makes the horse's coat look amazing. They have spray and braid. They have everything. You don't have to go anywhere else to buy products. They're affordable. They're a family-run company. Like, and they're just the nicest group of people. So I could not think of a better company to go out and support. So if you have a horse, please only buy Mean and Tail. They're just, they go above and beyond and they give back so much to the community. So they're they're honestly the best company I've ever worked with. So we love them. Yeah, we, we, we love them and that's too. all I use. Yep, that's, that's all, all we That's use. what gives me my shine in my hair. So, so Caroline, do you use it in your own hair? Yeah, absolutely. I hope you use it in your own hair. I use it. Even our dogs use it. Even our dogs, absolutely. Well, we have one dog with really oh. bad hair, Carolina. So he uses the uh, the, the Protect line stuff because he has bad coat. So it fixes oh. it right up. Yep, so. See? Just another benefit of main tail. They seriously, they make anything you need. So absolutely, and nothing with tests, nothing with drug tests. They're just, they just go above and beyond. They are the best. So, all right. Well, thanks a lot, main and tail, and thank you, Caroline, for joining us for that little spot. At Bunkai Nutrition, our mission is to make the world a better place for horses, and we do that by keeping three very important things in mind. First, we focus one hundred percent on horses. If it isn't good for a horse, it doesn't enter the feed mill. Second, every single ingredient that we use is 100% traceable back to the source. We can tell where an ingredient came from, what truck it arrived on, the exact bag it went into, and which dealer received the finished product. Third, and maybe the most important, our feed mill is 100% medication-free. That means no deadly ionophores even stand a chance of contaminating our feed because they aren't allowed in the mill, on the trucks that deliver our ingredients or ship our feed. Isn't your horse's health and safety worth everything? If so, click on BuckeyeNutrition.com to learn more. Buckeye Nutrition, making the world a better place for horses. Redding Goat is not just for winter anymore. The Redding Goat rain gear is here. Order yours today by clicking the link in the show notes or go to RedingGoatEquestrian.com. I'm Karen. And I'm Rob. Karen, very excited for this Major League oh, Event yeah. Podcast. Today we have not only a four-star event rider, mm-hmm. Karen, we also have 
an S dressage judge. So we're going to get all the good stuff today. I'm super yeah, excited. Super about this. exciting. You know how nerdy I am about dressage oh, yeah. questions. Oh yeah, so you are. Be prepared for dumb <laughs> <Be> questions. <laughs> we're going to call this one "Dumb Questions from Rob's uh, episode." <laughs> so welcome to the show, Valerie Vizcarando Pride. Welcome. Thank you, guys. Did I get the name right? Are we good? You you did a great job. Now you don't have to say it again for the rest of the time. Yeah, I knocked it out of the park. See, here. high five. High <laughs> <laughs> five. Uh, can we call you Val or do you prefer Valerie or? You can say Val and then we can just keep it efficient. There we go. We Val. Go. Val it is. So, <laughs> or we could just go Valerie Viscarando Pride every time I every get time. Her. <laughs> every text message, I always just say it's Valerie V. So Valerie V. Valerie v. <laughs> there we go. Awesome. So, hey, so you're coming to us via Zoom. Uh, a nice socially distant Zoom, Karen. Mm-hmm. So where 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 are you uh, where are you at right now? I live in Annapolis, Maryland, and the barn's just a little south of that. Karen, we could have almost been there. We're wow. not too far. No, we're not. Have you been to the new Biddy and Bo's coffee uh, coffee shop? Have you? Heard I don't of think it? I. No. Do I need to research this? Go tomorrow. Yes. yes. So this is uh, okay. I know we're in the interview. People are just not going to have to like it. However, Biddy and Bo's Coffee Shop just opened up in Annapolis. They have one in Charlestown, Charleston, Charleston. Uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, and I think maybe somewhere else. But definitely, yeah. they just opened up in Annapolis. But here's what's beautiful about it. they It's a coffee shop, and they hire special needs people to work. So they'll uh, have like um, one person kind of manage – and then everyone who takes your orders and helps with the coffees and all that, they're all people who maybe have different degrees of maybe Down syndrome or some other disability. And it's just the most beautiful thing. Yeah. Uh, awesome. They just opened up one right in downtown Annapolis. Fantastic. I can't wait to go. We'll get, man, my girls are going to be so excited. We have, I mean, we're fairly loyal to Starbucks, but <laughs> yeah, dump Starbucks. <laughs> this is a lot bigger and better. Than yeah. That. Yeah. yeah. I, I tell Karen, like someday when I really, when I make it big and I have enough money, because it's a franchise now, they just franchised everything else was. I yeah, is it like one. South wanna... Carolina, Charleston? Charleston, yeah. Yep. yeah, that's like one of my favorite places. It's meant to be. I'm going to be going. Uh, yes. Super, super. The and the one, coffee's good too. The coffee's fantastic, yeah. and it's just it's just wonderful people. So, anyone out there, if you ever see a beating biz, try it out. So. Uh, that was a non-sponsored <laughs> proceed for Biddy and Biz. <laughs> So, Val, can you tell us how you actually got your start in riding and then into eventing? Yeah, I owe that to my mom. She um, was a farm kid from Indiana and had every sort of animal, literally. Um, And she, informal riding, we'll call it. I don't think she really used a saddle for any of her childhood was into trail riding, all that sort of thing. And when I was six weeks old, I was in front of her hanging onto the horn of a Western saddle and off we went. So yeah, we ended up moving to Maryland and brought our three finest Arabians from Indiana only to find this is definitely thoroughbred country. (laughs) (laughs) Promptly, you know, um, got involved in pony club And my mom's horse was a super cool horse. She owned him for really my sister and I knew that she loved him more than us. She she had him longer and he turned out to be a really cool dressage horse for her. Um, Pretty neat. But we went the route of ponies and pony club and got into eventing from that and still really a big believer in pony club, did the graduate a thing and 
um, I hope that there's still other people out there involved in it. Yeah, for sure. So, so and Karen, Karen was a big Arabian yeah, young lady. I was <laughs> so, very loyal. There's Arabian people. It's a whole other world. <laughs> Sure. It is a different world. Yeah, it, it really is. It is. <laughs> you either love them or you hate them. I think they're beautiful. You know, a little spicy. They are. Yep. No, and that part's really cool and right. And a lot of them. I mean, the Anglos. There's some pretty cool eventing. You know, enough. I mean, talk to Lauren Kiefer, but or Nicholas, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Right. absolutely. Right. They definitely they're cool. So now, so so you, you you gave us the very short version. We're long format people here, so I need to know. I need details. So so you did the pony clip thing. Went up, got your A. Did you did you go straight into horses after school, or did you go to college? How did this all work? Yep. So I've worked at a barn my entire life. We had like our little farmette, um, which would now be like terrifying to me. <laughs> but um, my goodness, how these ponies? You know, you rode them all day. You want to eat lunch on them. Um, I can remember like asking my mom to do that, but we had to take care of them. So that part was always important. And um, I don't even know how to work anywhere else. Like I couldn't open up a cash register. I couldn't remember what anyone ordered. Um, I, I would be hopeless at it, but I can do everything around the barn. I think at this point I've done all of those jobs. And uh, I thought when I went to school, um, college, that I knew what I wanted to you know, do and be riding. And I had a galloping license and that's pretty cool when you're young that you can like make all this money before 11 o'clock, um, in the morning when tracks close. But of course, then you think you're invincible and you don't realize that you could also like die every morning before 11 o'clock <laughs> doing all of that. But, uh, so yeah, I kind of worked with the horses to be able to keep the horses and thought when I went to college that I would not do horses for the whole first year and make sure that I really liked them, didn't want to get burnt out. And that lasted like a week. I mean, without the schedule of staying busy, I, I was either going to get like three degrees or probably get like really fat or <laughs> <laughs> know, like a party problem. But, uh, so I, um, yeah, we resolved that. I, the horse that I took to young riders, the, um, owners sent down to me at school and I was kind of able to keep doing that. So that was pretty fortunate. And little known fact, I was valedictorian of my high school and my college. Wow. Um, when I told my mom that I was going to continue with eventing and work in a barn, she cried pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it was her fault. So, I, <laughs> <laughs> so but um, yeah, I mean, obviously I think school is very important. And I think you have to be a thinking rider. Eventers have to be thinking riders. There's only so much you can plan for. You have to be able to have Jimmy used to always say plan for the plan to change. I think was, I had like 10 million Jimmy Woffordisms and that would be one of them that I still use, but you got to be able to have some smarts and the horseman side of eventing is so important. So, you know, just kind of some innate abilities to come up with prioritizing things and feelings and, you know, it's a lot. You're doing dressage, show jumping, cross country, trying to bring these horses along in all three phases at the same time. They have to have their fitness. So it helps when you can kind of be organized and a thinker about stuff. At least that's how I roll. I try to now. <laughs> um, leech, <laughs> living each day on a 
prayer slightly, you know, winging it. Um, it feels like sometimes, but it always seems to work out. So we'll just... <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Did you, did you do like, uh, like you mentioned Jimmy Walford, were you like a working student or how did like, and, and, and then how did the dressage, were you uh, like uh, very much into dressage young as well or? Yeah. So that, these are all great questions. And, um, so Jimmy was, I'm old at this point is what I just have to, um, understand and accept that I think I can hang out with the girls that work for me, but like, I'd probably bring them down if we all try and go out together. <laughs> but I did young riders back in, um, 2002, 2003, Jimmy was coach of the, um, kind of young riders in that era. And the lady that I met through, um, pony club had, she was basically a pony club instructor and I worked for, um, she and her husband, they had resources, inventors, fox hunters, all of that. They really, you know, changed my world. She would take lessons from Jimmy. So she would start to bring me. So then I got to take lessons from him. Um, and that was all pretty cool. And my <laughs> stumbling into dressage, um, really was from all of that. So I would basically at the track, especially I could come up with horses that people were giving away or whatever and turn them into fox hunters. I was a whipper in for the hunt club, could do some staff horses and sell horses and all that stuff, kind of hustle <laughs> to make money and to be able to pay for my eventing and um, young horses. We'd break like a lot of horses and every 90 days you'd get you know, 20 more two-year-olds to break or whatever. So long story short, um, I was through young riders introduced to Marilyn Payne. She's like my mom. Um, Holly is like my best friend. And, uh, yeah, so she, I was going up to take dressage lessons with her and she's in New Jersey and you can do the math, but it's not close. And, She's like, you know, why don't you take lessons from Linda Zhang? She's like 20 minutes away from you. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, why or how would she ever know me or anything like that? So Marilyn made an introduction. And <laughs> I guess in hindsight, it all worked out. But maybe I should have brought like a good horse. <laughs> I figured I would take one that I was really struggling with. So I show up um, at Linda's with this like, very um, obvious thoroughbred, kind of ulcery, all this stuff going on. And I have like never worked so hard in a lesson in my life. And her dear husband, um, Jim, halfway, not even halfway through, but he was like, Linda, why don't you let her have a walk break? And she's like, she's an inventor. She doesn't need a walk break. And she says, do you? And I said, no, ma'am, I'm just fine. But I mean, my stomach was like burning. Like I had no stomach muscles left at that point. <laughs> and uh Anyway, so she sent me home with a lot of homework and it was great. And I got a phone call a little bit later that they had a young import coming in and would I be interested in working um, with it? So it started by riding, you know, like the three-year-olds. And then I got to ride some really nice horses along the way. And um, Jim had racehorses. So I mean, literally we would do everything. So from breaking the horses to two-year-olds to Grand Prix horses and everything in between and just getting that exposure to both um Linda and Marilyn are so inspiring to me they females that have judged the Olympics um so that's pretty awesome and naturally you come home from an event and you 
complain about everything <laughs> and they are not complainers. They are doers. So it was pretty much like, you know, zip it. And why don't you do something about it? And part of that was what turned me into a um, judge. Wow. Very cool. Wow, this is a great story. Yeah, Karen. it is. It is. Gosh, that's that's why I love doing this, Karen, because you learn so much about people. You know, like I don't. I, I know I'm probably naive, but I think of dressage judges. You know, are you know like uh, walk on water type of people. Like you know, like they don't make mistakes. They're really everything's perfect. But you gallop. You like you do it all. Like you're you're just like a regular person. We were just. I was just talking with um, Captain Mark Phillips. I was at Stableview judging. Um, and uh, he's course designer there and we were chatting and literally like three-year-old hurdle horses, you know, it's like, that's just insane to even say out loud, but like the motto is like, when in doubt, leave it out <laughs> because that's what they, they don't have like the balance or the strength or right? they just have this huge step. And, you know, to be sitting there and talking with the captain about this and going through everything that he did, it's, am- it's amazing what shapes you as riders and, and what, path you're going to end up on. I mean, geez, it really is about the journey because I got a basically pretty amazing dressage job because I could gallop racehorses and (laughs) all sorts of wild stuff like that. Now, how far up in dressage have you competed? Like what level have you competed at in dressage? That, you know, like not that um, high because of um, a lot of the horses were with Linda. Um, There was always, you always have rules about conflict of interest with judging and that sort of thing. So really that was just more riding at home, but, um, yeah. And I, there was a moment in time where I could imagine that I could be in grid Klimka and have a string of dressage horses and a string of event horses, but I really, I couldn't do that. I, I really love dressage, but I really, really love eventing. (laughs) So I got to go to Wellington, um, one winner and, it was like, so where, where's the hill? Um, (laughs) (laughs) So he's his own, but I do, I love eventing. And if I would like to fall back on a straight dressage later on, then that's cool. But right now, nothing really is as thrilling as cross country. (laughs) Right. I hear that. So Karen, there's two things. Number one thing, Mm -hmm. if she's a, what's that make us? You know what I'm saying? I don't, th- I don't consider her old at all, Karen. No. She's just a kid in my book. Uh, just a kid. But, uh, do you mind if I ask Karen, I, I, uh, do you mind if I ask some dressage questions and stuff? Sure. Go I ahead. have questions. I, don't ask me, ask her. Well, do you mind Val if I ask you if I pick your brain? Cause I, I have so many questions about that. Excellent. Let's, let's try to see if we can, if, you know, it's a, fascinating sport because if you can actually tell that something's going on, it's probably bad. So right, <laughs> this should be silence during dressage. If you hear gasps and that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> okay. So here's dumb Rob question. Number one. Now this isn't dumb Rob question, but how does, okay. You are a S judge. That's uh, so, so tell us at first off, what, what levels can you judge and how high have you judged? Yep. So, um, you go through different phases, you know, um, with all the thing, the first license starts with prelim and below, and the next one is intermediate and below. And now where I am, it's advanced all the way down. And that's why it's a, it's called like your senior eventing judge, um, is what that's considered. Gotcha. And so you're there. 
no restrictions on, you know, there's a certain number in the U.S. and you go all over the place. So. And how about FEI levels? Can you dressage judge FEI? Yep. So I'm a level two FEI judge. So I can judge um, basically four stars and down. I can't judge five stars. Um, I'm supposed to be getting a promotion. Hopefully I'm seeking a promotion is probably the safer way to say that. Uh, that was supposed to happen this year, but everything kind of just like within our, our national stuff getting canceled, it was the same thing for all of the international thing. You actually, you get judged at a competition. So without, um, imagine that, right. You're getting judged on your judging at a competition. So without competitions, there wasn't any way to really do that. Gotcha. The, that's very interesting, mm-hmm. Karen. So, and th- this is where, okay. So now, so at, at, for, at the FEI, you have, you have the, uh, you're part of a ground jury as well. Cause, so could you tell us, uh, like demystify a little bit about how the ground jury works. So the dressage judges are a part of the ground jury and then, and then the full complete, like you do more than just judge. Can you tell us like that whole, your duties? Yep, definitely. And that's a great thing. Um, to try to clarify. So there's like kind of some main players, the course designers, clearly um, they do their thing. There's the technical delegate. That's the person that probably interacts the most with the riders. They are your liaison. They know um, all the rules probably like way better than I do, (laughs) but uh, they are out there and they are the first person that you would talk to about something. Um, If you think that you had a, not a stop at the water. And they said that you did That's who you go. You talk to the technical delegate and they're going to investigate and do all this stuff. And then if you don't like that, or if you need some more clarification or there's going to be a, uh, a bigger appeal or an inquiry, then that goes up to the ground jury. And that's kind of like what would happen at a horse trial situation where it's not a whole lot of people at the FEI competitions. There's a lot more going on, horse inspections, multiple days of competition. We judge everything together. So you start the day before the competition, the TD and the course designer take you around the cross-country course, and that's before um, anybody else has seen it, uh, any of the competitors. And you have to decide, is it up to the level, harder than the level, not hard enough, Uh, all sorts of things like that that you consider. And you're trying to walk it and think about all those things, you know, appropriate for the level, safe. Um, that's probably obviously like the biggest thing that we do. But what everybody knows you for is your judging of the dressage the next day. So we, uh, the president always sits at sea and then the other members are around the other parts of the arena. So the head judge is there with the bell or the whistle or whatever it is. And then on cross country day, they sit in control and they're ultimately the ones that um, would make a call, but you're trying to make it as a team. So the rest of us are all in there either watching the cameras or if there's no cameras and we're out on course positioned in different places, um, being the eyes out there to make sure everything's riding well. And uh, you know, it's just really important to feel like you are out there being a part of things, seeing them in real time getting a feel for all of that. And then uh, you judge the show jumping together on Sunday. 
And it's amazing how many bizarre things can happen in show jumping. So it's like you have to stay awake for the entire thing. Or all of a sudden someone jumps the wrong jump or jump next to it. And the last thing you want to do is stop their round or like, you know, the show jumping has a lot of bizarre rules also. So it's, uh, it's stressful right up until the last minute. <laughs> wow. And now, so that's good to know. Mm-hmm. And it's good to know that by the time the riders, especially at the FEI level, are are seeing it. It's already been a course designer, a TD, and then the ground jury is all done. And then there's still the, the, the checks and balances is pretty amazing because then there's still that occasional rider that sees something and brings it up and maybe even gets it changed or makes it even safer a little bit. Yeah. And that's huge because so at most, like, let's say that there were five of us that walked it. Well, there are going to be at least 55 competitors that go walk it. So we really appreciate all of that input and, you know, um, you are riding something, I guess you walk a course with your horse in mind. And as we know, like all horses are very different, right? (laughs) Every one of them is an individual. So people bring up things that might be super important to them that you wouldn't have even, you know, thought that much about. And to them, it's a huge priority. Gotcha. At the jogs or the trot ups, whatever we want to call it, the horse the horse inspection. There you go. See? See? That's why we Get got right. the judge on. Get it right. <laughs> the horse inspection. At the horse inspection. So now you have the, the entire ground jury is there as well as a veterinarian. Right? Yes. So yep. the the uh, can you tell us like how what's the pecking order there? And if there's a if there's a conference which we see pretty regular, can you tell us what's going on there? Absolutely. So this is where we're all a big team and everyone has their uh, area of expertise. So the stewards are also there um, and they're just a huge role in this as well. The TDs there. This is the vets moment. We are not vets. The one thing to keep in mind for the horse inspection is the idea that is this horse like fit to compete? We're not supposed to be lameness experts um, or, you know, uh, on a witch hunt to find uh, something wrong with horses. We just want to make sure that horses look like they are happy and fit and ready. So if there's something that we're not sure about, um, by all means, you usually let the vet, uh, you know, we're all sitting there talking together, but the vet has had their professional eyes on them. And then you all come together. And if they want something looked at or you want something looked at, and then they go to the hold where, um, the other vet is there to kind of get some information. And most of the time you find out that a horse like threw a shoe the day before, or, you know, is stifled to jump out on cross country or whatever. And they just give you more information. You're not allowed to sit there and touch the horse and talk to the rider or anything like that. Hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Now Mm -hmm. as a dressage judge, you know, obviously we know everyone at, at the horse inspection, they want to be, you know, dressed well, to, you know, and, and so forth. Is the judge keeping a mental note of this rider if for some reason they thought they were not, uh, you know, like I've kind of heard that before. Hey, the judge has seen this is their first chance for the judge to see you. Does that weigh uh, in any way on the actual test at all? One thing I would say is you just, you want to look like you're probably calm and organized and prepared for this competition. If you come in with like your tie flapping and your hair is crazy and out to the side, you're just wondering like, is this person really 
that prepared and committed to being here. You like to see someone looking confident and composed and respectful of, you know, the sport, fellow competitors, officials, all the fans and spectators out there were, you know, wanting to, I guess, promote um, not an image, you know, like superficial, but the sport and the quality of it kind of deserve some respect. Gotcha. Okay. Has there ever been a time where you, where you did maybe take a mental note and then when they were in the arena under your eye that like you said, all right, you know, let, let, did it ever have like, you, I don't know. Did it ever, did you ever like remember, Oh, this is the person that I thought was a little bit shaky and, and give them an extra stern look or, or does that happen at all? <laughs> I think so. One of the best things that ever happened was when I was a young rider and I'm sure my outfit was inappropriate for a jog, but, um, and Joe Young knows this and I've told her this, I come up and the one I'm standing there in front of her and, you know, like, good morning. And she says, I cringe at the sight of your bare toes. And I was wearing what I thought were like super cool sandals. And she absolutely just stopped me in my tracks and <laughs> realized then and there how much, um, people really are paying attention to this thing and that uh, yeah um i've had you know course walks you'd be amazed we just had a little bit of that um you know respectful you're supposed to be wearing your proper attire and a helmet and happy to be there i don't think necessarily that it impacts any of your actual scores but it's definitely giving you a reason to look into things more. If I feel like you're on top of it and organized, I'm probably going to be really happy. But if you have like 10 red flags and I'm probably going to be waiting and looking for you to do something wrong. Gotcha. Would you ever comment on someone's outfit during the, during that inspection? If you thought it was out of line and maybe wanted to see them curb it. Um, yeah, you can, you can bring that sort of thing up, gotcha. but. Okay. Well, I, I know these are maybe these are awkward moments. Right. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes people aren't aware. It's about educating, not judging. I love that. It's about educating, not judging. Okay. I'm getting, I'm I'm winding down, but I have one or two more. I'm sorry. I hope, I hope Val, this is okay. (laughs) I love it. Okay. The, um, in the dressage test, I obviously everyone wants the movements and all that stuff. So I, the, I'm a stickler. And Marilyn Payne just wrote about this in the eventing article. She did. I know what you're she, she talked about everything. I am a stickler for like a really nice halt. Obviously the halt, but a really nice salute and, and all that good stuff. Is a sloppy salute, in my opinion, sloppy. It's something that just doesn't seem crisp. Like I think that a salute should look crisp. But maybe because I'm a military guy too. But when someone that did like kind of a laissez-faire half-hearted salute, would that in any way tick a, a half a point off or something down at the end of the test? So believe it or not, you must take your reins in one hand and take one hand off to salute. And if you don't do that, it's a minus two. It's an error. Just like if you went the wrong way or forgot a circle. So you can actually get points deducted from a lousy salute. Gotcha. But you've never said all oh, in like the in like the writer comments like oh they were just they looked a little sloppy out there or was that possible? The 
trick as a rider is when you know that your horse is not going to continue to stand still, you salute really fast. So <laughs> therefore you don't get points deducted for your horse not being immobile during your salute. Okay. So the person that can sit there confidently also has a very uh, willing and participating horse to hang out for them to do the salute. Gotcha. And as a, as a group, I've heard, we've talked to some other like dressage coaches and all that, and they've, uh, you know, they've enlightened us a little bit on the the criteria that you as a judge, you already mentioned that, you know, you'll, you, you could be, you would be judged on your judging. Um, in the case where someone feels like, oh, I had a, I had a poor score. This judge kind of had it in for me when there's multiple judges, if there's a, I'm not sure the exact number you'll probably be able to tell me there, if there's a variance in scores to a certain percent that that goes for like review. Could you explain that a little bit? Yep, absolutely. So everyone's positioned in different parts of the arena for a reason. And some of the tests actually they're now, so we're trying to fix this. If you differ by more than 5%, you have to go review the tests and you're supposed to watch the videos kind of a little thing that's a little frustrating is that you usually don't have videos from all three judges right. um, positions. So it would be super helpful if all three, but that, you know, that's a bit, I can understand. That's a little tough to do. Um, you should be seeing different things from the different positions. That's the point of having judges in those different places. But hopefully the idea of 5% is that it's a kind of a quality issue. Like everyone should hopefully agree somewhat that like these top five horses had a great day to day and they were all class. And hopefully we were able to really reward them for how they did. Um, the kind of big things that you can do, you can do video reviews over flying changes. They happen so fast. Um, and you'd be amazed at how the footing can kick up um, if it's wet or dry and in that split second that you had to see something and said, you saw a cloud of dust or someone's turning, right. They try to really every year that they redo the test, they actually have these things in mind. And now they're starting to say, what's the best judges positions. If you should sit at E or B and all that stuff to try to help maximize, uh, everybody getting kind of the best viewpoint to judge. Gotcha. Wow. If that, if that review if there was a 5% variance, if that review, would that review be like at the show? Is it a possibility that a dressage score gets changed after that review? Yeah, no, you never change your score. Okay. So because what you saw in that moment was what you saw. Okay. Um, you, we have to go over all of those tests um, or if there are any, you go over them before they get handed back to the riders, okay. which and I just say how depressing it is after you spend two days just pouring your heart out into all of these comments and all this constructive criticism, the stack of tests that are left that nobody picked up at the end of the weekend is just devastating. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's from the judge. Pick up your test, people. Why wouldn't people want their test? It's crazy talk. That's like, that's the one opportunity you get to actually see what you, you can do better, you know? And that will be what usually helps describe, you know, if there were differences, you have to have a remark for, you should try to do it for everything. But if it's um, basically a six or lower, you need to be able to really justify 
why you didn't like it. Starting with a score of seven, we every score numerically is associated with a word. So if you're giving something a seven, you're saying it's fairly good. So if it's fairly good or higher, you don't have to have a comment with that. If you were saying that it's very bad uh, and giving someone a one, then you have to have, um, you know, you should be probably writing a paragraph about why. <laughs> that prescribes. You'll see smoke coming off their pencil. Oh, man. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. I'm not even going to ask about flying changes because that could be an episode in itself, Karen. Yeah. <laughs> one last, the final question before we move on to other mm-hmm. stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I, I just, I'm just so thankful that you're here and you're willing to answer these with a smile. She has a big smile on her face. She's, she's <laughs> yeah. Um, If there was a, uh, besides the dressage judge t- test not being picked up, is there something that you see common in eventers that you wish you could like have this opportunity to say, hey, you're an eventer in your dressage. This is a pet peeve I have or something I see that's common or something you wish, you know, to boost up people? Yeah. I, um, one thing that I have the scribes always laugh about is, um, the extended canners, right? Like you're on a four star horse and your extended canner should be an extended canner. And I have no problem. You are going to go out there the next day and jump stuff it over 570 meters a minute. I want to see you be able to actually even attempt something in the dressage arena for that. Um, and you usually get rewarded for riding bold and forward in the dressage test, just like you do out on cross country. We're all trying to send the same message forward fixes it. Gotcha. Be bold. Be bold. There we go. That's, Be bold people. That's good. <laughs> and the one thing I always had trouble wrapping my head around was, and I, I again, I'm a fan. I'm, I just, I've paid for many, many lessons, but I've never, you know, I'm not a, you know, but like, you know, I've, I've always had trouble. I had trouble understanding that the different, uh, extensions and collections of the gate, the, the beat, the rhythm needs is to be the same. So it's not extended canter doesn't mean like all of a sudden you're going fast. You're going, no, you can go, you're covering ground, but the beat, the the rhythm should stay the same. Is that correct? You, yes. And just the word covering ground just made my heart so happy. That's, that's, hey, that's, that's, that's I, I'm telling you, I paid a lot of, I paid for a lot of lessons I sit through. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, you know, can you dance? It's really hard to dance if the DJ is kind of going a fast, slow. You kind of need to kind of know a little bit what to expect. So if you have a steady tempo um, and, and you can then kind of build on all of that, the, I guess the whole point of, dressage really is collection, right? And suspension, all that sort of stuff is time in the air, not racing across the ground. Mm. So we can leave that for cross country. Yeah. Okay. I think that will conclude Robbie's <laughs> dumb questions about dressage segment, but Val, thank you so much yeah, for, that for, was great. That, I, very educational, very educational. Thank you so much. I hope that someone at home is uh, appreciating that as much as I did. Cause yeah. And the salute part, it's not just for dressage. Remember an FEI competition, you have to salute the judges to begin your show jumping round. Right. And you would be amazed at how many people start to get frustrated with you. And they're giving you the death glare in the judges box and all you're sitting and you're just sitting and patiently waiting for them to give you your salute. And then we would happily start your round. There you go. Don't forget to salute people. Yes. Let's go. Yes. I'm a saluter. So, <laughs> I like it. Well, thank you again for that. That's yeah, awesome. And, that was... and uh, 
if you ever have have you ever have any like things you want to get off your chest about it you just come on back on the show because i would love to hear more i love as much as like dressage i mean dressage is so there's so much to learn so i just uh, and i appreciate you demystifying the whole process i, I mm-hmm. love it thank you mm-hmm. so much well i try i still i find myself still mystified so <laughs> <laughs> now on top of being a judge you also run your own business uh can you tell us what you have going on at blue clover eventing yeah it's a lot going on so um i'm pretty fortunate that i'm still um riding at the four star level while i'm judging it um there're not a whole lot of people i don't think there's anybody right now that could say that the judging thing was supposed to be my retirement. Um, and for just kind of some random reasons, we lost a lot of officials and that sort of thing. And, um, I'm pretty busy between every weekend, either judging a competition or riding at it. Uh, we have 19 in the barn right now. Um, that includes, um, Fabian's mini, the, one of our horses has an emotional support horse, but we count him as, of course, he believes he's every bit um, as big as all of the big horses, if not bigger, actually. <laughs> so uh, he does not go on the ride schedule that often. The girls do torture him, actually, um, with just bathing him and getting him to lead places. He's somewhat feral. <laughs> but So I guess he still does train almost every day. But uh, we have... A great group of clients, beginner, novice, all the way up. Um, they are a super group of people that, how do I say this? We're not about going out and competing and winning, but we usually do really well. So um, just very like-minded. They want to do everything right and right for their horse. And anyone like that is welcome at our place. So we have a bunch of happy horses. Um, I have an assistant trainer that uh, can teach us lessons while I'm gone. You know, when you go away to the big shows, whether you're riding or judging, you're gone for days. Um, and she does a great job with keeping up with all of the people. And my barn manager is awesome. And she does a great job of uh, keeping me straight too, as well as all the horses. That's important. Mm-hmm. Do you, uh, so, and you coach, so do you, co- I mean, I guess it's obviously you coach dressage, but like, I mean, I guess, I guess that answers the question. I don't know. Like the dressage, do you coach any people that are just pure dressage riders? Yeah, we do have, they're also welcome. Um, we don't have any in the barn right now. We're all, all eventing family at the moment, but we have plenty of people that ship in. We have a great facility. Um, it's owned by um, Elizabeth Bonner. She's been a client and a friend for a long time and um, pretty lucky with the setup. We have a beautiful indoor. Um, the it's a proper dressage school mirrors. Like everybody, when you come in for a ride, you sit three inches taller and your chin immediately goes up. Um, and you know, being surrounded by mirrors, <laughs> I guess a picture says a thousand words. So I sometimes, uh, a lot of times, I'll do a fix a test for people and that sort of thing, but they come in and see themselves and start just giving themselves a little bit of a lesson. It's great. <laughs> makes my job very easy. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. You know, I, I, sometimes I just, when you said fix a test, that is such a, um, that is, that's a huge uh, uh, like resource for someone to be mm-hmm. able to do that. And like, so people, 
are like you're open for business for people to say, hey, let's like we're getting we're gearing up. We got this big show coming. Can we can we call you and and schedule a, a fix a test like on your property? Is that Yeah. Yeah. So we do that. And there are like, obviously rules. I can't do it like the day before competition. Um, So there's stuff like that. But when I'm judging, so I have right now one four-star horse and I just got to judge the four-star at Great Meadow um, test A. I don't remember how many horses we ended up having in the division, but I think it was like, uh, I think 75 four-star horses at one point in time. So I got to basically ride because when you're judging you're sitting there like riding everything so I got to ride four star test a 75 times so now when I go hopefully knockwood ride it at Tryon International that was so much preparation for myself to see where everybody else struggles and maybe parts of the test are hard and this and that you know seeing everybody else make the same mistakes you don't even want to say the word mistake but the stuff that's difficult uh it's like, it's such an advantage for me as a rider to then get to go know what I going to have to work on because everybody else did. Wow, man. I love it. That's awesome. Karen 75 <laughs> tests. Wow. I don't, I could not sit still. <laughs> you imagine me and my ADD sitting there. No <laughs> way. Holy smokes. I'm uh, I, I can't handle that. That's, that's amazing. I mean, I don't know how you do it. Your, your schedule is ridiculous. I mean, wow. <laughs> This past week has been, so for the whole year, like, I'm so grateful that we have so much stuff to do because all year, um, even when you start to make plans, they were gone just as fast as you could almost try to reroute anywhere. And so I'm a scheduler, I'm type A, uh, I have OCD, like all of these things. And that's how it works to balance judging and riding, make sure, you know, my horses and my students are getting to the competitions that they need to, but also wanting to be able to judge and give back to the sport and go to all the big fun competitions as a judge. This year was really difficult. (laughs) So all of a sudden um, everyone, there were some judging obligations that I had that I asked if they could please um, get me out of my contract so that I could ride. And you feel terrible Mm -hmm. um, asking to do that, but everybody understood so now here it is the end of the season and now everything is happening that was supposed to happen plus you're trying to cram in everything from the time when it didn't happen so I literally drove through the night to get to stable view to walk courses all that sort of thing judged soon as cross country it ended with cross country on Saturday uh, drove through the night back home to coach all of my students um, up at the horse park of New Jersey. And then, um, yeah, went cross country schooling with my horses on Monday to get ready to go to Morven. And this morning I've already flown to North Carolina to try a horse for a client. And I got back around three and rode a couple. And now here I am. Um, wow. Luckily you're hearing my voice and you can't smell that I haven't taken a shower yet. <laughs> I think, I think she looks nice. She has a nice sweater on. Wow. So yeah, I saw in uh, I think it was your Instagram that you were at Windora School in. So we we're like, man, we could have just met you over at Windora mm-hmm. and Yep, absolutely. And tomorrow we're going back to Morven Park to go schooling there. Wednesday, I have a show jumping lesson. Um, and then I start judging the area championships on Thursday at Lockmoy at uh, Maryland Horse. Wow. <laughs> Lockmoy. Oh. 
Maryland horse trials. <laughs> nice. Wow. Ooh. That's God bless you. Holy yeah. smokes. I'm tired already. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, man, I need a nap here for hearing it. That's crazy. Now, uh, now, as far as uh, the like, do you said students and all? Do you take on working students as well, or is or or do you need those guys? Or? We do. Yep. So I have um, my barn manager is um, Molly Koch. She's been with me um, for years. Um, my assistant trainer is Trisha Catalozzi, and she's been with me for like years and years and years. And then we have two working students right now. Um, Stephanie and Shaylin, they both kind of just joined the team. And we've also recruited a super client that's going to be that horse crazy kid. Emma, if she's listening to this, she's a freshman in high school. And she's the one that uh, she has to stay in school because I know she would really rather this kid comes out seven o'clock in the morning to take lessons before she has to sign on online in her school because they are um, going back to class yet in Maryland. Wow. That's awesome. That is awesome. Love it. Now, how about uh, uh, the horses? You have, I think it's like two two big horses right now, right? That you're riding, and are yeah. those like? Are you like a? Do you do syndicates? Do you have owners for horses? Like, how do you have it? And how and are these horses like owned by other people? Or are they? Yep. So, um, Fabian and Versace um, are <laughs> continuing the V theme somehow. That has surrounded my whole life. Um, I guess that's people ask why Blue Clover Eventing is the name of my business. And it used to be because whoever could Google Valerie Viscarando like that <laughs> worked. But um, I am I am a super observant person. Like I notice if the pitchfork is like two feet out of where it usually is placed. And, but if I look down, I can pretty much always find a four leaf clover. And I, most of the time I let them live. I try not to pick them all unless someone really needs one in a moment uh, is what I do. So anyway, that's blue clover eventing. Um, my colors have always been blue, so it wasn't that great. But um, <laughs> but Valerie Viscarano was never going to work. So um, Fabian and Versace, we call them Ace for short. Um, there was a huge... <laughs> ordeal to get Fabian when I got him um bless Elizabeth Bonner I said she also is a owner of the farm and she went with me um well the emotional roller coaster of trying to find him I ended up getting him out of California four years ago um from Tammy Smith had him out there and um brought him out to the east coast and that's been wonderful to have him and uh Ace is um yeah so Faves is doing four star and ace is the complete opposite. Um, Fabian is like huge, big, long, warm blood. Uh, ace is tiny, feisty off the track thoroughbred who you just have to like, love his spirit. And he's the most adorable and cute horse in the world. But I don't know that many people would agree with me on that, but <laughs> I love him dearly. And uh, they are available. I have the Shooting Star Syndicate. If people are interested in ever supporting these horses or wanting to be a part of the team, um, we do have that going. Nice. I love it, Karen. Very cool. This is fantastic. It is. That was my new favorite eventer. <laughs> I love it. This is fantastic. <laughs> hey, can I ask you one more dumb eventing question? One oh more boy. dumb dressage question. Oh, boy. Please. Accuracy in a test. Now. This is this is me. I'm sure everyone else in the world listening knows, but I need to know. At what point 
are of the horses. Uh, where where does the transition happen at a letter? Is it the nose, the chest, the shoulder? Is there a grace period? Could you help me out here? Yep. So it's technically the rider's body at the letter. Okay. Okay. And that's what you're going for. And it's a constant blend between like accuracy and quality. So if you're supposed to halt at C, you're not going to get a 10 if you abruptly rip the horse's face off and halt perfectly in the middle of the letter C. (laughs) If you have this beautiful mind reading, the horse just, you know, looks like it magically halted and you're maybe a step before or after, Um, maybe you pretend not to really see that or care, or maybe that's why it's a nine and not a 10 sort of a situation. But if everything looks like, like the fancy thing now with the FEI tests versus our national test is we got rid of a whole bunch of scores at the bottom and our national test is your collective marks, gates, impulsion, submission, and the rider tells the story of your whole test. So everybody, these are the foremost important scores on your whole test the gates is did we think that you have a nice horse basically um you know does it look like it's um freedom and regularity is what's there you know good movers uh impulsion does it look elastic and powerful and supple submission did it stick its head up and try and scream back to its friends at the trailers during your whole test and then your rider score which is not just about it's position, but effectiveness. So if you sat there really nicely, but you were completely ineffective, you can't get a good rider score. In the FEI, we don't have time for all of that anymore. Like literally it takes a really long time to write all those things down. But what they did was one up it and they have a harmony score now. And that part is huge. And I hope that people keep incorporating that into their riding and training. And the idea of the harmony score is, did it look like the two of you were out there basically happy to be doing dressage today. Does it look like you have correct basics and it doesn't like, you don't have to have a fancy mover to get a nine as your harmony score. And quite the opposite. You could be on a completely beautiful and extravagant horse. And if it was like running through every half halt that you did, you that's not harmony either. So you can't get a good score for that. So I think that that will help people blend this idea of being accurate, but also positive and keeping the quality of their ride. That's awesome, Karen. I promise that's my last question about that stuff. But oh, but it's good. That was the best one. It was. I saved yeah. the best for last. Like See? I zung that in right there at the end. So nice. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you answering these yeah, all they're... so thoroughly and with yeah. a smile too, because I know this isn't our normal interview style. This is probably wasn't, you probably weren't expecting to begin interrogated by me about dressage, but oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, this is supposed to be talking about me and you're all you want to talk about dressage. But I think that right now you're providing so much value to mm-hmm. people. People are going to listen to this episode and share this episode. F- f- I, 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 I'm going to share it with everybody and say, you got to listen to this because this is the inside the judge's mind. And People have said, hey, you know, could you have a dressage judge on to talk about this and this, which here we have one. Here we are. But really what people need to do is volunteer. And if if you got decent handwriting, at least scribe, right? Get in there with you and and scribe. It's huge. And same thing, like to be a jump judge volunteer out on cross country, 
you get to see the patterns. And I bet by the time you've done it, you can predict how a horse is going to jump your fence when you get there based on the preparation or lack thereof that you see coming across the field towards you. So it's the same thing. And to sit there and get described for show jumping or even put up poles. I know that sounds so silly, but it's amazing. All of the shapes and all of it, you can, you know, never stop learning. It's Absolutely. so true. Man. Absolutely. This is awesome, Val. Val's yep. gold. Dang it. Gold. We got to thank Margaret Riz and McKelvey for lining this up too. Yeah. So, cause Margaret, yes. thank Margaret you, Margaret did all this and, and um, we're so thankful. For Margaret. Yeah, I am too. She has revolutionized my website. So big shout out to mythic landing there. Yeah. <laughs> They're the other MLE. Yeah. She calls us the other MLE. I call her the, the I think they were first, but you know. <laughs> we'll agree to disagree. Who's yeah. the <laughs> No, but we love Margaret and yeah. Mythic Landing for yes. sure. So. Yes. All right, yes. Karen. Back to our regularly scheduled program. Yeah, so we're gonna play quick fire questions. Quick fire questions. Now listen, make them easy. Oh. She's the judge. Our kids are out there. She you know, it could be you. I don't know. There. I'll see what I can do. You don't have to be quick. It's just, that's just the name. <laughs> All right. So what is your favorite event to compete at? My favorite event to compete at? Well, I do love Carolina International. I love, uh, I've had some big wins there. Does that help factor into your thing? Uh, they were so awesome to really have like, the whole rider's tent thing down. Um, they put on quality. They've worked like really hard on the rings, like all of that stuff, show jumping. Um, Mark Donovan always does a great job designing the courses. So that's a pretty good one. I like yeah. that. Bro- Can I take it out of the country and count Bromont? Because yeah. yeah, that's another, the most like just super, great vibe the whole time that you're at that event absolutely and for a major competition it, it's just chill all the time yep. yeah it's lovely everything's mm-hmm. awesome about it yeah all right so next question is what is your favorite event to be a dressage judge at Ooh, i'm going to judge geez i don't know i feel like if i answer this right or wrong that i may or may not get asked back to something <laughs> You know, what was probably like pretty special was I got to judge Fairhill last fall. Um, and it was the last time that it would be over on that side. And that has a lot of memories for me, like as a rider also. And the fact that I got to judge there was probably pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. That is awesome. That is awesome. We love Fairhill. Yes. Uh, okay. Next question. Do you have any good luck or superstitions before you go out cross country? I always walk through the start box. Uh, I, I just have to do that to start um, every course walk. I enjoy doing that. I am a little superstitious about it. Um, and I like to just kind of sit for a minute on my tack box and just be kind of quiet before. And I'm a pretty social person, but those last couple of minutes, I just, I want to sit there. And then I usually send my husband a, Bitmoji of some sort, and then I hop on. Oh, there we go. That's a lovely. That's <laughs> it awesome. Is, yes. All right. Who was your favorite rider growing up? Oh, um, I did definitely have the like Horse Illustrated poster of Bruce on my wall for a really long time. Did you ever get to judge him? 
That's a funny question. I, I don't know that I've ever really judged Bruce, not in anything major. Uh, Buck now has taken that over. I think every time you judge, you judge Buck like three or four times in every division. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Okay. Uh, last question. If you could ride any horse, past, present, or fiction, who would it be? Oh, geez. I thought I'd be ready for all of these, but not so true. Um, you know, part of these horses that I just realized now I probably can't ride all of these wild and beautiful and brilliant horses. The Maybe I'll give a shout out here to um, Mary Guinness. I, dear friends of mine and uh, Arabian, how funny, uh, Tamarillo was just such a uh, super fancy and I got to meet him and he was older and retired and loving life, but that was pretty cool horse. Um, and yeah, and to know, um, the people that bred him and all the rest of that, that, and he was super quirky, but all the good ones usually are, but there you go. I'd probably say that about Tam. Awesome. Awesome. Karen. A plus plus. A plus plus. You won. Wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> Along those lines, if you ever judged uh, a Bruce, the, uh, uh, how about um, Holly Payne? How, how does that work out? Being that you said you and her are really tight. Has, have you ever given her a tough score and then she came back on you and said, hey, hey, bestie? Or Marilyn, because Marilyn rides too. <laughs> That's true. That's uh, right. Pretty funny to judge Marilyn and, um, and Holly. The... The stressful thing is when they're having a really good test and you're wanting to like really, really pray that the other judges are also thinking that it's a really good test. <laughs> you're not going to have that 5% difference because you <laughs> are handing out nines all day long. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, have you ever so- given her a bad mark and she came back and said, hey, what was this about? I don't think so. I think I try to be uh, pretty professional every now and then. You know, I... I do. I think for everyone, maybe I'm a bit casual sometimes more so than the other judges, but I will use words like naughty and I'll do smiley face and all that stuff because, you know, like that's exactly what they were doing and being. You could just feel it if you were riding them right now. Like, you know, that they were totally just trying to kick your spur on their belly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I do probably have a more friendly way of riding that down um but still hopefully people respect that it's professional opinion for sure for sure (laughs) sure. absolutely i love this karen it is great this is wonderful so val do you have any advice for someone wanting to either become a dressage judge or just an aspiring rider i think that um one of the things about the route to becoming a licensed official i think is what they call it or whatever but all of these clinics um, and their education seminars. They're all provided by the USEA. They happen at competitions all around the country. You can, so this is not like mystery information. You can go to one of these and get all of these amazing, you know, they're not handouts now. I'm dating myself, but they'll give you a PDFs and (laughs) all sorts of things. But, um, you know, just all of that information is available to anybody who, even if you think you might want to become an official sometime in the future, you know, course designers, just all sorts of stuff. Um, even if you don't end up going that route, 
you still have all this information to bring back to your own riding and your own students um, and to just keep giving back to the sport that way. Yeah, man, I love it. Great advice. This is great advice. Val, you're knocking it out of the park here. Holy smokes. <laughs> you're too kind. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do, are you still, do you, do you have like, uh, like five star goals or are you good where you're at or? Oh, so I was, oh man, I was supposed to go to the inaugural Maryland five-star and being from Maryland, that was going to be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like, you know, we're super close to Fairhill. So that's sad, but um, I've been to Kentucky lots and lots of times. So Knockwood, um, I get to go to Kentucky in the spring, That'd but for, you know, you have to just make it to tomorrow. So yeah, I hear that. <laughs> I hear that. Well, we'll be rooting for it. For oh sure yeah, definitely. This is awesome. And we love Fairhill too. We, it's, uh, it's, it's, for us, Fairhill's special too because well, I have many, many reasons. But you know, like our kids' pony club, then our pony club Fairhill was basically the the, the ground our zero, base, yep. our home base for pony club. So you know, our our kids were the little kids uh, opening up and closing the ring for dressage. You know, the little in bo- in in plank for dressage and uh, and the collecting scores and mm-hmm. all that. So um, that old side especially was very special to us. It was, you know. It's going to be kind of tough to see that not 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 be there anymore. But I know I I did a pony club walk one year. Um, Captain hosted it, and I remember. I mean, I was so little, and I thought maybe one day I'd be able to jump like the first fence. I thought that that looked jumpable. Don't get me wrong; I wanted to do all of it, but I just realistically had to admit that there's no way that my like you know little pony could (laughs) do anything other than that. So. That's funny. Fast forward. Yeah, here we yeah, are. Right. <laughs> here we are. So, hey, um, as we wind things down, um, uh, we always like to ask about, you know, sponsors, supporters, who's behind, uh, you know, who's behind Blue Clover Eventing and uh, and you. Yeah. So um, we are powered by Cavalor. Um, they are absolutely fantastic company. I'm, you know, proud. I actually was sponsored by another grain company and. Um, so had a super tough horse and, uh, he loved Cavalor and we have loved Cavalor ever since they have just a huge group of, um, people working for them during the Corona thing. They had zoom meetings with us to ask if we had any needs, you know, they had time to sit there and go through what all we were doing. If this is a good time to make changes to your program, um, they've always been there for, Supplements, I'm not an over supplementer, but they have just pretty much everything that your horse could need. We believe in all of it. So um, they're awesome. Uh, Royal Rider Stirrups of Italy. I'm, I'm not like a super tech person, but it is amazing how much thought and engineering they have put into stirrups. But if you know if you don't have good ones on cross country, especially, then good luck. So um yeah, I said never leave the start box without them. Uh, super true. And then Apogee is my uh, custom saddle company. French, so a bunch of extra letters, but um, pronounced Apogee. <laughs> and a super, they're um, out of Virginia still. Um, great customer service. And our horses are really lucky to get to be outfitted by them. Wow. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent lineup. Lovely. Definitely. That's awesome, Karen. And then, okay, so last question, we leave the toughest for the end. How do people follow along? Websites, social media, things like that. How do people, and people want to get yep. involved in the syndicate or, or come for lessons, fix a test? How's that? 
Yep. So all you have to remember, you don't have to worry about spelling my name. It's just everything's Blue Clover Eventing and blueclovereventing.com for the website, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, honestly, Facebook is easier to use as a person, but um, someone, you know what? I need like one of my kids to explain this to me. Why? The Blue Clover Vending page can only post like one picture or one video, but Valerie Viscarano Pride can put like 15 up and it's not ever a problem. So <laughs> this winter, the um, girls hijacked my phone. I'm also on Snapchat, but really I will snap with them because I'm not that good at it yet. But maybe in the future, that would be something. Got you. And you winter <laughs> in, in Aiken, is that right? Yeah, we go to Aiken for February and March. Um, our farm is pretty awesome. Like I said, we have everything from a great indoor school to a cross country course and all that. So it's hard to justify leaving, um, for too long, but February and March, um, we rolled down to stable view recently, which is another pretty awesome place. That's not, it's a really, really awesome place. Yeah. Have you, you know, you were just there with the judge in the show. They last winter, they had like a tornado blew through. How's, how's things looking down there? It, that was amazing. So I was on my way to go walk courses at Pine Top and um, the girls were calling. So as soon as they call, that's a real emergency, right? <laughs> Otherwise, everything else just comes across as a text message. But, um, you know, and then they start with everything's fine. <laughs> so then, you know, OK, this really was an emergency. Um this you just wouldn't believe the effort that Stableview put into they were trying to host their first spring FEI competition last year and just to get the course ready um for that they had people from all over the place um coming out to volunteer and work lit almost I think literally around the clock this year at Oktoberfest right now fast forward to this season the announcer was calling it tornado alley <laughs> the- <laughs> where the majority of the trees and everything came down. Um, you do notice that it's a lot more clear now, uh, not so many trees to dodge, sadly, um, for some sad reasons. But, I mean, there's not even a pine cone out of place. The um, Barry and Cindy and their team, they deserve like 10,000 rounds of applause for what they were able to do. Gotcha. Well, that's good to know they're mm-hmm. they're back back, back yeah. in business and, yeah. and everything looks good. That's so, scary. And I know it took out. They had that beautiful FER stabling there. It took that out, and it was yeah. And yep, all of that stuff back and better than ever in true stable view style. Yeah, yeah. that's wonderful. Wonderful. Well. Karen, was this fantastic? This was awesome. It was Val, great. you knocked it out of the park. I'm sorry that it took so long. We're going to have to get Margaret, and we're going to have to tell Margaret next time you you tell us, you know, you got to hook us up sooner, right? <laughs> she was holding out on us. <laughs> so, well, Val, thank you so much, and we just can't we can't thank you enough, and we can't wait to see you out there. Uh, we get go going around. That's great. Thank you. It was so much fun. I really appreciate it. So big fan, and thank you guys for being such big fans of eventing. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please like Major League Venting on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And join our community, Major League Venters, on Facebook. Cheers!